Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. Got a fun episode for you guys today. We have Calvin from uh, from the Porsche Taycan. From Tycon. Porsche, yeah. yeah. He's, the, he's the guy with uh, the Porsche Taycan, Taycan, as we will learn here in, in America. He's going to come <laughs> yes. on and talk about their, their indoor run which they did, which is really, really, really they fun. They set a new world record for the speed achieved inside a building. Yeah, pretty cool. Fun. Just fun. It's, it it's is very fun. fun. Um, then we've got a you know, bunch of other news to talk about and you know go from there and just all kinds of funny crap and animals driving cars, all kinds of, <laughs> all kind, all kinds of funny stuff. But well, says, the animal didn't drive the car, Chris. Well, we'll find out how it goes. You'll okay. have to tell me the story. Okay. But before we get into that, what have you got for us? Yeah, let's take a moment to talk about Patreon. Patreon.com slash Overcrest. For as little as $5 a month, you can get the inside track to what we do here at the show. Actually, right now, we are live streaming, live streaming as we right do now. every week and for just, our Patreon and members. Everybody, everybody's been asking, hey, when are we going to get more of that Lockheed Martin? And they're like itching itching themselves like Chappelle. Hey, we need more of that Lockheed Martin episode you're, stuff. You're calling all of our listeners crack addicts? Yeah, if you can be an over Overcrest crack addict, that's fine with me everybody wants more so here's what i did <laughs> at least for the patreons is yeah. i released we did an interview with jim goodall who we've talked about before in a recent episode he's yep. like the foremost expert on the sr-71 and the area 51 correct and apparently nuclear submarines and all kinds of other and other things as well bizarre stuff yes. yes and there's it's two hours long there's no possible way I can fit all that stuff in with our SR-71, which is the reason why we had him here in the first place. So what I did is I just dumped the entire raw interview yeah. for our Patreons. And if you, so if you want to hear a killer two-hour interview with this great dude, foremost expert, Air 51, uh, SR-71, all kinds of other... Nuclear submarines. Nuclear submarines, black ops programs within the Air Force and the U.S. government, stuff like that. Aliens. Aliens. Yeah, all of it. Everything exists. It, you can just hop over to Patreon and go patreon.com slash Overcrest and, uh, and hear that exclusive content amongst other exclusive content stuff right now. So you've been making some headway on your Vespa. Yeah, the... the the thing is, is that I, it was probably about a week and a half. I didn't really want to work on it. Right. I, I remember you were dreading this next. The, the cables. Okay. The cables. Everywhere I looked on the internet, it says cables are a nightmare. You have to get electrical fish tape out. You have to feed it through the chassis. Because it's basically the other like a central tube frame. Right. That you have to somehow feed it through this. this right. And apparently tank. in the middle, there's like a, like a little... I don't know, what would you call it? Like a little hill or a little mountain in there, a little metal mountain that you have to push it over. And I guess everybody's like, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, there's a little you're, bulkhead in there. You're never going to do structural. anything worse than your life. Worse than your life. It's horrible. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I, I put it off. I didn't want to do it. Right. So I'm like, I got the cables in the mail the other day and decided to give it a go last night. Right. So I tape the cables together with with gaff tape which is you still have the old cables or the original cables threaded through right. there. and technically it would be a lot easier to, to just, just pull, pull them, them through. through yeah doesn't work that does not work because the channel that they go through in the head tube yeah or whatever you would call that the neck what would you call that Are underneath you, the what the handlebars bolt to oh yeah just yeah, the yeah. Head tube. Yep. That, yeah that so there's the like tube. these little through holes that the cables slide through and they, right. they don't each have their own one but they're supposed to go in specific spots they, with tape on them they don't fit it's right. too bulky. It doesn't right. fit. So I'm just trying like, to pull them through, and then I couldn't pull them out at all. They were all stuck. Like, I couldn't move them. <laughs> so I finally just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try and just feed them through. Okay. So I yanked the old cables out and completely. Like, no going back now. No going back. Not at all. So then I just feed the other cables through all the way through. No problem. No problem. Done in, like, four minutes. So my theory was that maybe all these guys that are like, this is the worst thing ever, was referring to, like, a previous version of the Vespa, like the older chassis maybe is different, 
and you got lucky with an easy one. I don't know either that or... this is a newer kind of version of a Vespa. Uh, define newer. 79. That's not newer. That's still 40 years old. No, I know, but it's 41 not. 41 year old Vespa. When you think Vespa. Vespa, a lot of time it's like the 1950s version of the yes, Vespa. Yes, it's not that. Right. It's not that. So it's I, not the I elegant, they beautiful have, Vespa. <laughs> yeah, they may have made it uh, a little easier, It's I not guess. the Sofia. Sofia Vergara. Sofia Vergara of the, of the Vespas. It's more like the, uh, who, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see where you're going I don't know. It's like the, the UFC chick. What's it? Ronda Rouse or whatever. It's <laughs> Wait, more like okay. that thing. So it's really powerful, though, it does. what it, you're telling me. It has 200 cc's. Yeah, it's a okay. beast. Yeah. It's an absolute beast. I did find it interesting that engine is rotary valve, though. What does that mean? Explain that, that to me. Okay, so normally on a two-cycle engine, it is uh, port in, not port injection. It's port, uh, cylinder port. Or cylinder valve. There's basically either a reed valve, which is a yeah. one-way valve. I know what a reed valve is. Yep. Okay. This has, as the uh, crankshaft spins around in the crankcase, there's actually holes that act as valves. So as it turns, it opens the intake okay. to pull the air in, rather than using either a reed valve or just the piston port. Piston port. Situation. It. <laughs> it's been a long time it. since I've worked on two cycles. So I'm, I'm excited about it. But that's supposed it. to be like a, a higher performance deal. Yeah. Well, two strokes always better, right? I mean, it's a little more torquey. Right. You well, I mean, torque. I mean, the rotary valve is supposed to be a higher performance deal. Oh, I did see the, like reed valve kits and stuff like that for different cylinder heads. Maybe they it. do still use reed valves, but I know that a rotary uh, valve. Needless cycle. to say, I'm glad I don't really have to look into any of that because I do know well, that there is. so dead simple. Yeah, I know, but it's, I don't have to do it. It's great. Okay. Oh, another thing. Well, this in is, theory. This is the best part about everything. What? Right now, currently. What? Right you know now. how it's spray painted? Yeah. Hideous. Right? It's ugly. Right? So what can you do with spray paint? You can just wipe it off. I got some lacquer thinner, put okay. it on a rag, yeah. and I just started wiping off the spray paint. And so it's what just, is the... It's white. It's like pearl oh, white nice. underneath. I thought we saw some red paint in there, too. That's on the front fender. Oh. I don't really know what's going on with the red paint. So maybe it's I just a different fender. I just wiped it off. Just and it started, just came off that easily. It, it, like a little bit of rubbing, you know, just That's a nice. little rub and it's just nice and white underneath. So I'm excited about that. Okay. So, so you the, did cables. Did cables. I ordered a brand new carburetor because I took the carburetor apart to rebuild it. Right. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to rebuild this carburetor. Yeah. I'm looking at, well, this thing's like a real carburetor. It's got emulsion tubes and yep. jets and main jets and aircraft. Yeah, it's a Del Orto. It's a real carburetor. Right. It's not like your lawnmower, which is just basically a tube that gas flows into the engine. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's a real carburetor and it's dirty. It's really okay. dirty. I mean, not gummy, but just dusty dirty. Okay. Okay. So what I decided to do was just buy a new one. And you know why? Why? Because they're like 100 bucks. Is it a Delorto? It's a Delorto with like 24. Oh, so it is a real Delorto that you it's got. It's a slide. No, the one I've it's got is- It's a clone. It's a clone. It's, okay. a, it's built off the, the casting of a Delorto. Just like everything else is just new. Those are hit and miss though. Those are like Chinese copy carbs okay. that cannot be great. It says made in Italy on it. Okay. Yeah. By a Chinese company. <laughs> <laughs> well, because a lot of times the casting like isn't quite as good as the original. And so like ports and different like. Scooter West says on the website that they're great. They okay. They're great. Okay. They work great. It's not like I went on like. It was, uh, this, Vespa this is not eBay. Vespa.China. Okay. This, was, <laughs> this is uh, Scooter West out in California. Right. Okay. Well, that, that should, it be should work. And legit. So the way that the, and you reminded me of this when we were talking. It's the way you shift gears. It's kind of interesting. It's a push-pull cable system. Right. So when you twist your wrist, it pushes one cable in. Right. When you twist your wrist the other way, it pulls the cable out. Right. It's right? two cables. It's two cables. Cables so I, don't push. They always pull. 
Right, but you are pushing one cable back in when you rotate and, uh, it. And technically, at the rear, your other cable is pulling that it the is other true. direction. That's a great point. That is, yes. That's true. That's a cable, good point. It's like you can't push a rope up a hill. Right? That selector is the case of it is broken. Somebody crashed Ooh. the scooter at one point, so there's okay. a giant hole in it. So I'm like, oh, I just buy a new one of those. Okay. $25. It's <laughs> <laughs> so cheap. I think I saw, you've been working on old Porsches for so long that you have this false sense of what car parts like cost. What they're I supposed like. to cost. Yeah. I might. Because when you said 100 bucks to that car, I was like, hmm, that's not cheap. Like seems for a, cheap to me. For a little two-cycle thing, that nah, I would have thought it would be cheaper than that. Well, my carburetors for my 911 were four thousand dollars right slightly so, different so this seems like really cheap and awesome like, uh everything you probably could have got gotten... tires those were like tires with new tubes uh-huh. i got michelins for the first time in my life <laughs> i have a car that michelins fit on properly That's not a car i know but they were like a hundred bucks for two tires yeah. and two tubes i'm all set this thing's gonna be mint for like <laughs> less than like 700 bucks it's gonna be okay probably worth way less than i have, am putting into it but it's gonna be great Okay, so what's next? That's it. Oh, to get it to run? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. No, I got, once the carburetor comes, I bought yeah. a new carburetor, new filter for it. Uh, okay. The next thing is to bolt the carburetor up. Yeah. Uh, I got to put the gas tank back in. I got to run new fuel line because uh-huh. the fuel line is hard as a rock. Oh, yeah. You don't want to reuse that. No, nope, it's toast. New fuel filter. And uh, I want to make sure all the electrical wiring is good because some of it's a little crusty. Like yeah. Where it got hot, like it gets brittle. So I might try and... Uh, open the loom up a little bit and kind mm. of start running some new wires in into the uh, where the CD box is and all that other type of stuff. CDI box. CDI box. Just yes. because it's what's what CD's capacitive discharge. What's the I mean? Ignition. Ignition. Okay. Well, that's same thing to me. So you have the the, the wires going in are all brittle and charred and stuff. So we're going to replace those just because. Have you checked for spark yet? No, I have not. Okay. I can't get it out of gear. It's in gear right now. Really? Yeah. Why can't you just move the You can't just selector? move that because you don't have any leverage. Yeah. You don't, it's like this little plunger that goes into the uh, into the case of the motor and transmission. Oh, interesting. And it gets pushed on by this lever. So you have not only the twisting action of your arm, the leverage there, but there's another lever inside the selector that pushes on this plunger. Off of and it's like two inches sure. long. So it's leverage that I don't have with my thumb. Gotcha. I tried. I tried. All right. Well, hopefully that gets up and running in the next couple of weeks. I uh, still need to get those Olins that they sent me into the 911 Turbo because I started hearing clunking in the front. I was uh-oh. Like, uh-oh. That's probably what that recall is about, and I should get on that. Right. Did and you- in the recall, it was like, do not drive your car from this moment on. Do not drive it at all. It is catastrophic. Whatever breaks, like your struts are just going to crack in half, and your wheels are going to go like that, and you're going to crash and die. Okay. That's basically what they said. Did that happen? Well, I just kept driving it, naturally. <laughs> right. But I heard a lot of clunking, so now I'm like, mm, what if it is actually catastrophic when it goes? Right. So I, I have not driven it. Because are they I don't supposed go to be coming anywhere. in the mail or what? No, they already have them. Oh, what are you doing? Just put them on. You're, you're like Captain McCansett still. I so, know, because I've been working on stupid house projects that you don't want, don't want to hear about. Stop it. What? Stop it. Stop working on your house. House is getting Stop dialed in. Stop working on your I suburban house. all of my time in my house. So I'm just dialing that in. All right. Well, uh, do you want to talk no, about No, but your- anyways, the Olins are, uh, there was a recall for the recalled part that they sent out. Okay. They're like, you need to make sure that the top hats are actually the correct top hats because a lot of people are getting the wrong top hat. A recall for the recall. Yeah. Nice. It's like, it's like the Harbor Freight Jacks. They're like, yeah, they're like chasing their own tail. Yeah, so absolutely. I got to make sure that what they send me is actually correct. And you're doing Harley stuff. Yes, but that is pushed away in the corner right now. Because we're doing flooring in the basement. <laughs> Why? So I can't work on it right now. 
Because Hank the dog liked to eat carpet. Why are you modifying this house? I'm Because I want the but, house to be the way I want it. So just buy the house you want. I don't I, understand. You keep talking you have about this. You hate my house. You hate Woodbury. You hate the idea of oh, there's people. I like people. I like being in a neighborhood. Yeah, but you're trying. You your driveway is horrible. That's fine. Your garage is very small. I, my, my garage is also small. Yeah. your garage is very small. That's fine. Your house layout doesn't make any sense. Why not? I, can, I don't know. It just doesn't seem, appear to make sense to me. It's like a giant circle. <laughs> I don't understand. Your, your That's yard, why I tore out one wall. Your yard, your yard is a mosquito land. No, it's not. They spray you, it. You twice live in a, a swamp. Year. Yeah, they spray. I, you live in a swamp. I do not have your yard is a swamp. It's yes a, or no? It's swamp adjacent. It's actually <laughs> it's a marsh, Chris. It's a marsh because we're in Woodbury and things are classy. So it's not a swamp. It's a marsh. Plus, you live in Woodbury, which is like strip mall hell. You seem like the guy who would have a have a little barn with his little motorcycle yeah, project. I would and have some land. I do. You could have neighbors. It's okay. They can. You can exist. You can go to the yeah, ice cream socials I, I or want, Lions Club yeah, or like whatever. Forty to eighty acres on an old retired farmstead. So what are you waiting for? I what are you know. doing? Just do I it. Do. Stop. Well, stop busting holes in your wall and wasting time on stuff like that. It's called you could, equity in the house. Everything I'm doing, we're going to get back out. And probably, but you're also, but it's <laughs> but, also time. But I don't like it. But, you, <laughs> but, but it's also time, right? You're spending yes, time. Yes. This is and time. learning, Chris. I'm learning. But you could be spending time and learning on your next house, which will be much better. Maybe. So I am collecting parts of the Harley as it's sitting in the corner. I can't work on it. So the hardtail is set to arrive basically right now as we speak, which Nikki doesn't know about, and she's home today. So Wait, that, wait. what do you mean? You don't even have it yet? The hardtail? What's the hardtail? The hardtail is a full rear frame section that oh, you weld on I see. instead of the swing arm. I got you. Is this yeah. like an aftermarket thing? Yeah. Oh, man. So yeah. This is going to be, be longer You were making lower. fun of me and not wanting to drive. Like, if I'm thinking about driving a Vespa to, to uh, Sturgis. Yeah. And I'm going to have suspension. You're going to be way more uncomfortable. I'm going to have a Harley. sprung seat and I can go a faster seat, than 45 miles an hour is the, the bigger difference. Vespa goes 65. Oh, watch out. It goes 65. Watch out. And I have a rear shot. Me, you've been <laughs> on a scooter that's two cycle. It smells, it smokes. It is just excruciating because it's just the whole time. You're going to be at this for what? 12 hours. <laughs> oh wait! Oh wait! I can shift. <laughs> I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a, a helmet on with with music playing and earbuds. Yeah. So you know what your butt gets? <laughs> <laughs> the vibrations are so harsh. Oh, uh, it'll be awesome. Uh -huh. It'll be awesome. Are you gonna drive with me with your Harley like next to me and just hang sure, out? Sure. And gonna then you're gonna like break down ahead? and I'm just gonna be gone. The Porsche Taycan has set a new world record. In what? The top speed <laughs> set indoors. I can dig it. Everybody <laughs> else is stuck indoors. Exactly. Everybody else it's is the bouncing off the walls. timing for this. So this was actually a previous record. They didn't make this up. The previous record was 86 miles per hour set by uh, Tanner Faust in a, quote, not even remotely stock Ford Fiesta in 2014. So Porsche went after the record, and for an indoor record to be certified, the entire process from zero up to whatever top speed they can get to back to zero has to happen in the same building.
Okay. So so you can't just have both doors open on, the, on either exactly. side of the building? Exactly. You can't just like have Ken a Block barn in like the middle of the desert and Jim, just drive Jim through Kata it? his way right through the whole thing? That does not count. So in order to beat the record, Porsche enlisted the help of professional race car driver Lee Keen and secured one of the longest buildings in the world, the Louisiana Convention Center in New Orleans. And to hear firsthand what they did and how they did this, we talked to Calvin Kim, who's actually the spokesperson of Porsche Tycon. Hello, this is Calvin. Hey, man. How's it going? Good, good. How's it going to you? Good. It's Chris and Jake from the Overcrest Podcast. Hey, Calvin. Hey. We uh, we see you guys are out having fun with that uh, new Taycan of yours. Yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty fun car. All that electric power, the instant torque, it's uh, not a bad way to go. Is it? Uh, so let's get this clear, and I've, I've been corrected both ways. Is it Taycan or Taycan? Which, what is the proper official pronunciation? As most Porsche owners are generally very well-to-do, I've gen- I've used the analogy, it's the necktie convention, so it's Tycon. Tycon, Tycon, <laughs> got it, got it. Okay, so Tycon, yes, yes, got yes, it. I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> So you guys went and you took this thing out, and uh, right. I'm sure, do you, by the way, do you get to drive one of these every day? Not every day, yeah. but uh, thankfully, whenever there's a software update or, you know, um, a car, a new a new car comes in, um, before it goes out to the media to test, I get to spend a day with the car and make sure it all works. Yeah, here, why don't you just go ahead and take this <laughs> take this thing, leave your phone at home, go drive this thing around, around for a day. <laughs> so the first thing I thought when, so you guys took this thing out and you took it into this enormous warehouse right. in, uh, in New Orleans and, right. and had fun. And the first thing I thought was, you must have been someone when you were a kid that your parents told you not to run around in the house <laughs> because this is the ultimate expression of, yeah. of running inside, which is something that yes. I tell my kids not to do all the time. But you guys just went and did it with a car. Right. That's it. Um, I mean, it was pretty awe-inspiring to get to the to get to get the New Orleans Convention Center. Um, it's a very long building, obviously. It's against the waterfront. Um, and you realize, oh, this place is gigantic. And then you get in and, you know, just the perception of how big a building is when you're inside of it versus when you're outside of it is so different. Um, and then you, you're in the building, you're looking down the run, you're looking down the runway, essentially the track, and you're thinking, <laughs> oh, this, this is gigantic. We'll easily be able to break it. And then you, you do a test run and you're thinking, oh, wow, th- that end of the building comes up really fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had yeah. Lee Keen driving and he's a hell of a driver. He is. He is. Um, he's had great experience with the Tycon. Uh, he got to test it for one of his shows, uh, The Proving Grounds. Yep. Um, and uh, then he we, he enjoyed driving the car. We, t- we got to talking, and I had a little thing I needed to do at Road Atlanta um, with the Tycon, so I invited him to come drive it to set an EV lap record there. And so he was like, oh, hell yeah, I'll do it. So he came out and did it. And we started talking then. And even during the lap record attempt for Road Atlanta, um, we were thinking, what can we do uh, in the, later in the year? Because you know, because of because co- of COVID, we couldn't do our normal events. Right. Um, you know, the year before that, we had this huge uh, event where we brought a bunch of museum cars over. We rented a track and had media coming, and you know, it was it, it, you know, it's like every year at the end of the every end of the year, we try to do something really cool to kind of showcase Porsche because we, we make cars, we make we make some cars that are more practical we make some cars that are more fun but ultimately all those cars are tied to our past right to a certain extent and so we couldn't do that so we're thinking what else can we do and um yeah this thing came up this whole idea of 
of breaking the indoor lane speed record. And we did a lot of research and yeah, that's what we, we, we went for that. And here we are. Well, do you know where <laughs> Tanner did his record? Cause he be, he had the other record. It was uh, right. 86, miles, 86 per hour. miles an hour. He didn't quite get yeah. to go back in time. He was close. <laughs> and yeah. did they do that? Does, does, does leaking have a thing out for Tanner Faust? Or is, is this, becoming, no. is this like a rivalry? Are we going to uh, no. start seeing like, you know, everybody goes to the Nurburgring to prove their prove their worth, right? You got, oh, now you're going to go down to the NOLA Convention Center. Yeah, you right, just, right. We're going, it's way closer. It takes a lot less effort. And uh, you know, Tesla's probably going to show up with some prototype that with tinted windows that no one will ever be able to see. You know, I mean, it sounds silly, but in a certain way, I mean, that could that, that floor, I don't know if you guys have ever driven, uh, you know, slick, gone slick cart racing, but that's what it's like. It's there's no grip whatsoever. Yeah, that's, and, that was my first thing I noticed is how yeah, glossy that floor was. It 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 was ice. I mean, the big so the acceleration had a strategy. The the coast down had a the the coast down the transition. Everything there was a strategy. Um, we had Craig Watkins who uh, was uh, an engineer for uh, Flying Lizard Motorsport with you know Patrick Long and your Bergmeister, and he was coaching. Uh, Lee going through kind of the, the the mental process of setting up a strategy strategy to get out of the box, you know, keep the car under control, transition into braking, and then get get the car slowed down before the end of the wall. And I mean, how close yeah, were you it, to the wall? We thankfully we had some space. Um, we had we measured out the space. We did two or three trial runs at much much slower speeds just to kind of gauge what it was like. Um, we did one run kind of more aggressively. Um, and then we had one kind of test run because, you know, Guinness doesn't give you an infinite amount of attempts at this. Really? Um, they say, yeah, in fact, that I, I think the reason why no one goes for this record is because the record itself is for a race car, for a non-production car, right. um, indoors. And the way you have to measure the speed, you know, we're used to GPS telemetry. And in fact, we wanted to get, um, race logic you know our, our our partners both in motorsport and in um you know vehicle r d and validation engineering uh, we generally use them to do our lap record attempts or everything to, to to do the measurements on that the telemetry specifically and they came out with an indoor gps system that we thought oh that'd be perfect to use in this case but unfortunately we can't use it because the original record was set through a 50-foot trap right so the way that i, I had to explain it to everybody was it's imagine um, you know, a drag strip, but instead of a one foot rollout, we have like 750 feet ro rollout. <laughs> and instead of a quarter mile trap, we have a 50 foot trap. And that's kind of how you have to think about it. You have a standing start, you can set the trap wherever you want. And so we have to do a little bit of math to figure out where in that 1600 foot space could we put the trap? Um, and yeah, we, we started it right in the spec tab in the middle. And I think we moved it down further towards the end but i don't remember exactly how many feet um but yeah that turned out to be the right spot for it were you guys backed up all the way against the loading oh, dock door basically ba when you start this thing out? oh yeah basically um our prep area where the place where we could set up the car you know get it up on jacks and put tire warmers on it and everything was one car length behind our quote-unquote launch box and i and i used launch box in quotes because we couldn't really put down any rubber on it. Um, it just doesn't take, you know, on, mm. on top of that surface. So, um, yeah, so we were basically one car length and change in front of the wall. Um, that's where we started the run. Well, I think it's really cool that you guys are having fun and it looked like a fun little project and perfect for, uh, 
perfect for COVID too, because everybody else Absolutely. is stuck inside. Now your fun car also <laughs> stuck is also so you stuck can have inside. fun inside. Chris. You can. You Absolutely, can. that's it. That's the right attitude, and I think that's what we wanted to show people. Is like, look, it, what 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 your what your experience is like is what you make of it. And you know, we we wanted to go do a lot more competitive things with the Taycan, but we couldn't do that. I mean, honestly, we really couldn't do that. Um, we we found uh, for the lap record at Road Atlanta, we just got lucky with the with the window where kind of COVID was kind of slowing down a little bit. It hadn't picked back up yet, but you know when we what, it started picking back up right after uh, New Orleans. So you know really we really had maybe a one and a half month window to do stuff. And as you know, when you're trying to plan these events, you, you need a lot more time than that. And so thankfully this all just worked out. It, it just was really amazing. You speak about getting the car out and doing competitive events. And now we're, I'm kind of like veering off a little bit. Sure. But sure. In my mind, it seems like there's, everybody wants to compare the, the, the Taycan and the model S or whatever. Yeah. And they're not comparable. I mean, I don't yeah. think that they're a comparable car at all. And I would think that Tesla would probably say the same thing. Right. Right. What do you guys see as your, in your segment, what is the competition for the Taycan? Is it something that exists now or is there something that you're looking at in the near future from like the the EQS AMG stuff that's coming from Mercedes right. or what's coming from BMW with the a zillion horsepower M5 variant that they're going to have? Where are you guys positioned in terms of what you're actually going to be able to compete with that's coming? I mean, honestly, this is a good question and it applies to all our models, whether it's the 911, the Panamera, Macan, whatever. And fundamentally, the way we look at our, our cars and our positioning is, is if you're, if you've already passed the bar of being able to, you know, afford a Porsche, that means you can afford literally anything else you want. And so the re reason why you're buying a Porsche is because it's the sportiest in the segment. It looks cool. Um, it has some performance technology or something, right? Um, and so for us, the, com the competition is not only cars, but it's also other things like boats and, and, and and uh, timeshares and jets and stuff like that. Like you, you know, why get a GT2 RS? Nobody's uh, going to nobody's going to a conference to learn how to get out of their Taycan purchase, though. Like they are. Right <laughs> yeah, <now. laughs> Very true. Oh, yeah. that's a yes, yes, that's exactly right. I mean, from a car, just to kind of narrow it down back to your question, I think honestly, from our perspective, um, our biggest competitors are ourselves. Um, you know, you can get a Taycan for similar money. You can get a very nice 911. If you want something more sporty, you can get a Panamera, something a little bit bigger. Um, you know, so that's kind of we had to toe the line between the 911 and the, and the Panamera. Just sit the car right in the middle so that that scale, that balance is, is so exactly level. Porsche has always been really good at is yeah. putting cars yep. like if you look at the Cayman Boxster 911, that's something that they are absolute experts at. Well, yeah. I think that you guys have set the bar and for this type of car. And I think everything else that comes out in the next year or two is going to be compared to this car. And inevitably, it will get beaten. And you guys obviously yeah, are going to absolutely. have to come out with whatever's next. And I look forward yep. to seeing it. That's what we're good at. We're, we're, we're good at uh, taking, a, taking a lick in and coming back up and bringing out something new. And that's kind of what we like to do. Our engineers back in Zuffenhausen, that's what keeps them up. That's what they enjoy. They love the battle. They love the fight. That's and, good um, you know, yeah, that's what we're here for. All right, man. Take care. I really appreciate calling in and sharing the story with us. No, anytime. Thanks, guys. Yeah, take care take of yourself. Care. Cheers. Bye-bye. I, 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 I want to drive one. 
Well, guess, you know, so. I was going to joke that next thing we're going to see is you're going to be somehow figuring out a way to get your 72 911 in your basement to do like speed runs <laughs> from wall to wall or something. It's not going to be very fast. My house is, is very, very, very small. However, I could probably do like a, I'm imagining a Hot Wheels scale version of this. Okay. Where you could measure the car uh-huh. and then measure the speed at which you'd have to launch the car to be on a little Hot Wheels track okay. for it to meet a scale speed of whatever 102 miles per hour. What's oh, I a, see what you mean. Is it what is di- what is diecast 164th? Right. So all right, what's 164th of, of 102? Of, of I don't think it works that way. It doesn't. No, it doesn't I, work. Well, that that's way. how it would work for me. That's no. Nope. Hey Siri. <laughs> it's what only, is 164th it's only a couple miles of, per hour. What? It's like 1.3 miles. Hey per Siri, hour. what's 164th of 102? Uh, it's 1.597. I think I can make a Hot Wheels go 1.6 miles per hour. Yeah, of course you can. Just throw it against the wall. <laughs> It'd be very it's the easy. Dumbest thing we need ever. to find a different scale reference for that. Exactly. Would, that's what I mean. Be, it doesn't work that if way. If anybody knows, there's probably somebody that's already figured that out out there. Links in the show notes. Yeah. Go check it out if you want to see the uh, Tycon and uh, and a dude with a trumpet. It's kind of a, <laughs> it's kind of a cool it's kind of a cool video. All right. So do you use uh, what what do you use when you're doing your map stuff? What do you do? So like navigating? Yes. Uh ways. Ways. What about do you use your in-car GPS? Not at all. Never. Because it's so outdated. It's always outdated. Yes. It's, it's within five minutes that's always outdated. It always And moves. the interface is never as good as your phone. No. And that makes me go, what is everybody doing with all these screens in their cars? Right. Because they're just going to go, wow, I don't want to use that. That's old. Right. Within moments. Anyway, so Apple is making a push at Waze. Waze is what I use too. Waze is great because you can go, there's construction, there's police there's right. all uh, the notifications dead animal in the road there's all kinds of different things you can do to distract yourself to report while you're driving and they kind of made a game of it because you can earn points yeah right? gamified it which incentivize people to actually report things right which makes it actually quite reliable yeah you actually look like kirby as you're driving around you remember kirby oh yeah Kirby's no, big adventure. yeah yep. it's, it's your little kirby ghost driving around on the road well, unless you change because, your avatar. Well, most people don't. And then they have, well, they have, or they're Kirby with a sword. There's all <laughs> kinds of different things you can be. And you can always high five or beep beep it to other yep. people. It's a cute little app and it works great. It's, it's, I love having it on road trips. It is limited, or it was last time I tried to do a really long trip with it. You had to break it up into multiple trips because it just couldn't, for some reason, aggregate all the data to drive 3,000 miles. Okay. Tell you how long it's going to be. So you had to kind of split it up. And so on big trips, sometimes I would use Google. But great especially if you are doing what speeding speeding <laughs> yes yes absolutely. have you ever seen the have you ever been on there and there's like fifty thousand cops on the thing and there's nobody no you ever wonder about that like is our cops like driving around we talked about this last year where they would basically hack phones their gps systems so they could basically report cops where there weren't cops at, from the just office just to mess with people yeah yeah because basically Having it marked on ways is just as effective as having a cop sit in the center media. Yeah, it, it really does cause people to slow down for about 45 seconds right. as they're driving around. Yeah, great <laughs> job. Doing a wonderful job. So Apple Maps finally has an answer to Waze's traffic alerts, okay. which warn drivers of crashes, speed traps, police, and other hazards. Apple iOS 14.5. By the way, Apple Maps, junk. Yeah, I don't use it. I don't have what bothers me is that when you're on your phone and you want to like pull up an address from somewhere, it goes, sorry, you don't have uh, Apple yep. Maps installed. And I'm like, I but know. I hate it so much that I'm not willing to. You're not to, willing to I'm install not willing it. To do it. Okay, well, maybe we won't hate it. What is this? So is uh, after iOS 14.5, it will allow drivers to use Surrey to report it's road Siri. hazards. It's Siri. This is not Tom Cruise's daughter. Surrey. <laughs> Siri. Okay. Well, it answers when I say Surrey, it answers. 
Yeah, well, so. it's used to you being an idiot. <laughs> the feature is currently rolling out to beta users with a full release expected this spring, according to Car and Driver. The feature will work on both an iPhone and through Apple CarPlay. It includes a report button, but drivers will also be able to say, hey, Siri, and report traffic information using phrases like, there's a crash up ahead, or there's a speed trap here. Drivers will also be able to update previous reports by saying, the hazard is gone, or there's an accident that's still here. It okay. looks like the, so I looked at the little icon. Yeah. And the speed check is uh, is a radar thing. So they call it a speed check is what it, rather than it, yeah, that's their speed official trap. term for it. The grumpy cop. Yeah, yep. So do you know the Waze icon is like a cop that's yelling at you? You ever see that? The little guy with his mouth open and he's yelling? It's a mustache. I just figured that out. <laughs> I always thought it was like a super grumpy cop just like with his mouth turned no, upside down. No, it's a guy with look, a mustache. Yeah, but look, if you look at it, you could see that it could be a mouth. Like he's yelling Didn't at you Didn't they slow update down. it recently? I remember uh, yes, they updated yeah, it. Now like it's like a woman neutral. or something. It's gender neutral, I think, is what so it is. So no mustache. No more mustache, as, okay. far as, I, as far as I know, because women can be police officers, too, and we just have well, to I change everything. you were going to say, because women can have mustaches, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, today, you don't know. Maybe I, why not? You could be a, you could be gender-fluid mustache-wearing. That's like a new category. We should come up with an acronym for that. Some automakers have started integrating ways into their infotainment systems, creating an even more streamlined interface. The iOS 13.4 update added a dashboard split-screen view to Apple CarPlay, making it easier for drivers to use third-party navigation apps rather than Apple Maps. Great. I'm all for it. It's fine because it's always hard when you're trying to drive, especially if you're wanting to report an accident and you're on your phone trying to report an accident. Right. Never, never a good thing. Speaking of speed traps, authorities have arrested a man near Los Angeles after a six-hour police chase. Whoa. The chase started at was, roughly... Was it, was it a hybrid? I, or wasn't a EV, that's for no, sure. Yeah, I don't even know how... He must have had a full tank when he started. Full tank. The chase started around 7 p.m. on February 3rd following a report of a man with a gun. Police attempted to pull the man over in a routine traffic stop, but he refused to get out of the car and then fled the scene. Now, when you think of police chases, we usually think of like high speed, swerving yeah. in and yeah, out of traffic. Uh, well, you ever seen the one where it's like the Dodge Charger that gets pitted repeatedly and he just keeps, he keeps on driving? Spinning. Yeah, and he's like a professional driver. Yeah, he does like a 360 and keeps going keeps like going. three different times. So good. Yeah, um, well, this wasn't that. No. So the driver of the Chevy Malibu reportedly drove- Is this in California? Yes, of course it is. Yes. They, they tape them all. If, anytime you go on any news, California news website, there's a car chase going on. They, <laughs> they helicopter and video every single one, which is totally encouraging everybody to do Great it. for ratings, too. <laughs> it's, a, it's a slow news day. So the, the news team, they're like, uh, Jimmy, we got no weather today. Can you go just, just go, start a car chase? Just go shoplift something. Start a car chase and we'll, we'll shoplift, back and run. Yeah, we got exactly. it. Exactly. We'll bail no, you out. Well, this guy's in his Chevy Malibu and he reportedly drove quite slowly throughout the entire chase. Los Angeles Police Sergeant Juan Garcia said authorities did not perform a pit maneuver on the car due to the report of him being armed. Quote, our policy generally prohibits us from conducting a pit maneuver on somebody we believe is armed because it puts us in a disadvantage when we flip the car around. Basically, they don't want to be head-to-head -head facing a guy that has a gun pointed at them. Right. Which makes sense. Garcia added that in his 20 years with the department, he has never heard of another car chase stretching on for six hours. The Malibu lost its front left tire at around the four hour mark. <laughs> Why? But, Why? But the chase continued. Jake, Hold Jake, on. We're going to get Jake. to it. We're going to get to it. 25 miles an hour. Almost <laughs> off. Look at that. 
just hanging on. See, this is the, the, the news. Gonna, oh, yeah, this yeah. is obviously and police gonna footage. The tire is going to pass him. The guy's just <laughs> laughing. He's going so happen. slow that the, that the tire, down, like, down. made its way off his the rim, and the tire passes and, him. Uh, there it goes, finally slowing down beyond him. Now he's on three rims and one rear passenger side tire. He's going so slow. So for Jake, two more hours, Jake, I know, Jake, I know. What am I going to say? You're going to, well, hold on. Let me just finish this. And then if I'm going to make. If you're going to shoplift something, check your tire pressure. Yes. God. Everybody that runs yes. from the cops every single time. Every car every chase time. ends with something failing on the getaway car, which leads me to believe that criminals do not maintain their vehicles all that well. well Tires blowing out, wheels falling off. Come on, <laughs> check your lug nuts. Here's the thing, though. If you're poor enough that you need to shoplift or steal or whatever it is that these people are doing, you probably have bald tires as well. Yeah. But maybe just check the tire Well, pressure. that didn't stop this guy because for two more hours, he drove slowly down a handful of freeways near Los Angeles and only decided to stop when the front left wheel fell off entirely, leaving the car resting on its hub. So three tires blew out. That wouldn't, a stop, a, that wouldn't stop a WRC off. driver. <laughs> no, you're right. I feel like a lot of those guys. Well, even, uh, wasn't it Schumacher drove a few laps in F1 without yeah. a wheel? Yeah, well, those suspension, those cars are so rigid that the weight doesn't really change. I suppose the Chevy Malibu isn't going yeah, really to do the lead. job there. All right, so did you know that uh, you can buy a Tesla with a Bitcoin or you soon will be able to buy a Tesla with Bitcoin? This. Tesla said in a Monday SEC filing that the company had invested $1.5 billion in Bitcoin. And I'm thinking that they did this a while ago. I don't think that they bought the Bitcoin and then turned around and told everybody. I'm thinking that they probably have it, have had it in there as the pun intended wallet for quite a while now. Okay. And they would start accepting it as a form of payment. And the company's founder, Elon Musk, added uh, Bitcoin to his Twitter bio on February 5th. As the coin, Bitcoin. As the coin's price surged by about 20%. Wow. Um, Disclosure, I own I own Bitcoin, if that's something that's necessary. Tesla disclosed, <laughs> I don't think it yeah, is. Yeah, probably not. Nobody's <laughs> taking financial advice from me anyway. Tesla disclosed its Bitcoin purchase in its latest annual report, saying the move aims to diversify and maximize returns on our cash that is not required to maintain adequate operating liquidity. Uh, this comes on the heels of it's Elon. It's odd that the company bought Bitcoin. I When I read this originally, I thought it was just Elon personally invested a bunch of his money in Bitcoin. No, this is the company bought If it. you are going to accept it as a form of payment, I think you have to have some. Because if mm. that is the economy in which you're operating in terms of um, maybe a refund or at... Yeah, or, I suppose or, that makes you sense. Need to have the, you need to have the, the tool of the economy that you're going to operate in to That makes to sense. Work. All right. I think that's why they bought it. Probably also because it's an appreciating asset. This comes on the heels of Elon shilling Dogecoin. For a week or more. Have you heard of Dogecoin? It's like not a real, not a real currency, not, right? Well, none of these are. What, what right. You, it's not a real crypto, though. It's like a, a It meme. is a real crypto coin that you can buy and you can buy things with it. But it has no scarcity. It's It has like an inflation type of thing. I, this isn't a, a crypto coin podcast. The point is that it's a meme coin. Right. It's what's called a shit coin. Okay. In in the in the in the world of crypto, it is a shitcoin. Nobody gives a crap about it. It's useless. It has no utility whatsoever. And for some reason the dude just starts talking about Dogecoin. And it went up like a thousand percent. It just <laughs> it was it went insane. Leading to places like Pornhub, who has been shit on for doing pedophilia and had Visa and MasterCard pull out 
of of <laughs> pull out of phrasing all, pull out of the activity that was had ongoing with with Pornhub, uh-huh. and uh, because of the the bad stuff and the and the revenge porn and all the other bad right. things that were going on in Pornhub, and now guess what they accept Dogecoin Dogecoin, which like leads you to go wow back in the day. Beta and VHS were going after each other. And why did VHS succeed even though beta was better? I don't know. Because the porn industry chose VHS. Oh, really? That is what saved VHS. And you just kind of go, man, if, if they accept Bitcoin or a Dogecoin. Dogecoin. But it's so stupid. It's like the really Dogecoin dumb. is so yeah. dumb. From it's what like I know dumbest. of it, which is not It much. is the dumbest of dumb. It is, it's, it's also, of course, it's not doing that well now. It's, it's since tanked. And then I'll, what's funny is that he shilled Bitcoin or a Dogecoin forever and then like announced buying 1.5 billion in Bitcoin. I don't think anybody can, uh, can figure out Elon Musk. Chad Trust uh, is, I asked this question on social media is why do they think they did this? And he made a good point on social. He said, a Bitcoin. As an asset may go up, why would you buy a depreciating asset with it? That's a good point. And I actually looked into this. Take this example from several years ago in 2016. Quote, Borda, chief executive of cryptocurrency software company Tokensoft, said he regrets purchasing a Tesla because of how Bitcoin values have soared. So he basically bought a Tesla with Bitcoin in 2016. Right. And when Borda bought the car, each Bitcoin was worth about $400. As of Monday, however, it was worth over $44,000. They said $48,000 that now. That means the $130,000 spent on the vehicle would be worth more than $14 million in Bitcoin today. There's all kinds of stories like this. There's guys saying they like, bought a pizza exactly. with Bitcoin, and it's like a $20 million pizza now. Right. Just so there's all kinds of stories. But that, that does lead to the point of why would you do this? All right. It's, yeah, these are know. much grander versions of what I'm saying. But if you buy a Tesla today, let's say you go buy a Model S and it costs you uh, 40 th- or I guess it would be like almost one, a little bit less than one Bitcoin. All right. So it's 40 something thousand dollars, a little less than one Bitcoin. And then two months, three months down the road from now, you've spent that Bitcoin. But Bitcoin is now valued at fifty five thousand dollars. Right. It because doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But here's what you can do is you can take out a loan on the value of your Bitcoin holdings. So if you have $100,000 on Bitcoin, you can actually give it up as collateral for a loan. Really? Yes. And just like doing a mortgage on your house or anything like that, your house isn't worth less than if the value of your house goes up. So then they give you your Bitcoin back. It's it's collateral. And and I I believe it, it will maintain its value. As well, so you'll, you'll get. I don't know all the logistics of how it works. I'm not a banker, but you can take out a loan on your Bitcoin to buy the car, which is what that I would makes more sense. Which is what I would do. At some point, you would think that this is kind of just planning for digital currency being used as a transactional thing. I know that uh, Mastercard just recently said, "Hey, we're going to start be doing. We're going to start doing digital currency." And I know a bunch of governments are looking to do some sort of world digital currency. So mm. I think you're going to start seeing like. The economics of this start to find its way into different ways that we purchase things. And I think it's just going to take a while for everybody to get their footing. And right. Tesla, as a cutting edge, uh, uh, a company that's technologically first to a lot of different things, right. is probably just trying to be like, hey, you know, we're going to do Bitcoin. We're going to accept this. And I think that there's well, probably- we're talking about them because of it. We're, yes, of course. But I do think that Elon, I know that he likes cryptocurrency. He does like it. And I think right. he- I think he thinks bigger than like what we're doing. Bigger right than now. borders. Yeah. I think he doesn't think of things of like United States, China, whatever. I think he thinks of the world as more of a global place. When I think 
but I think when you're tra- thinking about traveling to Mars, you might kind yeah, of that's kind you of, might your kind mindset. of you might kind of get that mindset. And speaking of China, so far Musk has been able to sidestep some pretty ugly press in China, including out of control Tesla vehicles, forced recalls, constant price cuts, disgruntled customers. Um, but how long can those good times last? It turns out it's about three weeks. That's because Tesla uh, shares of Tesla were sliding in pre-market trading earlier this week after Bloomberg reported that China's market regulator has undertaken meetings with Tesla regarding quality issues. So China, of all places, is going after Tesla for quality. Apparently, the Chinese government doesn't seem to like its citizens driving around in vehicles that are running out of control and need recalls and burn to the ground and every other. Well, why does that get a pass here? Uh, What do you mean a pass? I mean, I guess it doesn't get a pass, but... They're not. That's the point, is that it seems like China, like said, they opened the door to said, hey, come on in, sell cars right. here. It's no big deal. Right. Um, in uh, just last year, Tesla sales in China more than doubled to $6.6 billion, and one-fifth of Tesla sales overall are in China. Um, Tesla was interviewed by China Samur. Tesla... I, I don't know how to pronounce the name. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, four, four, and four other departments. Uh, China's, this is all in caps. So I don't know if this is translated from like Chinese or what is it? <laughs> China's industry ministry, gotta, transportation ministry, yeah, yeah. cybersecurity agency, and emergency management ministry urged Tesla to operate according to China law. They're basically saying, So there's hey, not a lot of punctuation either. None. And they're just saying, <laughs> hey, you get with the program. You know, now that they've, basically they, they opened the door and said, hey, come on, come in, come operate here. It'll be great. You can build them here. It's going to be awesome. Right. You know, do all the things you want to do. And now that they're here, it's like, ka-chink, you're here. It's too late. You're And invested. you have to adhere to now our you need to adhere regulations. To everything that we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, in other news over in the Far East, Hyundai Motor Corporation said on Monday it is now not in talks with Apple on autonomous electric cars just a month after it confirmed that they were in early stage talks with Apple to make the Apple car. Which I, I find as a I find a bummer. Somebody else was saying that it was going to be Nissan and there's no way, no way no. that it's going to be Nissan. And I'm kind of bummed that it wasn't Kia and Hyundai because they're a small company. They can, they're, they're one of the smallest autom- automotive manufacturers. Okay. Just above Nissan, I okay. believe. They can move quick. Yep. They're easy to deal with. Right. Your supply chain is, everything's just kind of pared down and efficient, and I think it would have been a great move to have them build it, rather than going to, I mean, you're not going to go to Volkswagen and say, right. build me an Apple car. They're like, why would we do that? We have an ID3. But if you go to someone like Hyundai or Kia, they might do it. But if everybody's well, shooting themselves in the foot over it, I don't really know what, what they they're going to do. They didn't want to be just a supplier, it turns out. They wanted to be a partner. And so they did uh-huh. not like that Apple's like, look, you're just our, our supplier, right? Uh, the news took three billion dollars off its market value, sending stocks down two point six point two percent. Yes. Wow. Yes. The news came in compliance with stock market rules requiring regular updates to investors regarding market rumors. Quote: We are not having talks with Apple on developing autonomous vehicles. Kia shares had jumped sixty one percent since Hyundai initially confirmed a local media report early in January that Apple and Hyundai were, in fact, in discussions to develop self-driving electric vehicles by 2027 and develop the batteries at U.S. factories operated by either Hyundai or Kia. So Reuters reported in December that Apple was moving forward with autonomous car technology aimed at producing a passenger vehicle that included its own breakthrough battery technology, blah, 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 blah. But that's not happening. Kevin Yu, an analyst, said, quote, It seems clear that Hyundai Motor Group has not been too happy with dealing with Apple. They made it clear that they do not want to be treated as just Apple's supplier or manufacturer. We don't want to be your bitch. That's basically, basically what that comes down to. basically what they say. I kind of like the pride there. Yeah. I kind of like it. Like, I do too. This is a huge 
write off for them. I mean, they could have made billions and billions. Oh, and billions for sure. Of dollars, but it's it's. I like the company pride. I love it. I mean, that's, I guess that's, that's, it I mean, seems kind of, like a bad move, but sure. Is Amazon spying on people? Undoubtedly. <laughs> that shouldn't be a news story. Amazon has, is planning to install and has installed in some cars AI-enabled cameras in, what, their, in, what the, cars? in the delivery vehicles oh. to monitor their... Yes, your, your, your Porsche. I was like, has, wait, what? How? An Amazon video uploaded to Vimeo shows how the cameras operate. The Drivery platform supplied... What a terrible Wait, name. what? Drivery. Is it like Siri, but Drivery? Well, it's driver delivery. Yeah. I don't know. Supplied, it's with an I at the end. Supplied by the software mm. company Netradyne. That sounds, what? <laughs> what's the company that's in? Uh, in um, Judgment Day? Or, yeah, not Judgment in Day. Terminator. Yeah. In the Terminator yeah, It's movies. something like that. It's something Dyne, Veladyne. System Dyne. System Dyne. I got to find out. I got to find out. Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne Systems. Yes, Cyberdyne. I think I think that's it. The pro- the program's feedback notes distracted driving, failure to stop at a stop sign, speeding, and other behaviors. If the huh. camera detects any of these, it triggers signals. It will upload recorded footage. <laughs> Quote: We are investing in safety across our operations and recently started rolling out industry-leading camera-based safety technology on our delivery fleet. This technology will provide drivers real-time alerts to help them stay safe while they are on the road. Uh-huh. That's what it's all about is protecting the driver. Yeah. Not protecting the company no. from lawsuits and, right. uh, and, and exposure in, in, in that way. It's to protect the driver. <laughs> uh, it's all you spin it, Chris. <laughs> One driver commented on this. Quote, as a driver myself, I can say that Amazon Flex drivers are being undervalued by the company, and I'm assumed that, and I assume that we are being watched to prevent drivers' protests and sabotage. That's why I don't post much. The general opinion is that we are watched to prevent any mass resistance, which could bother Amazon. Wow. One person told CNBC the system was even triggered by the driver yawning. The Kentucky-based driver said if someone yawns, they will be told to pull over for 15 minutes. Oh, The system has four high-definition cameras, which can recognize good driver habits as well as bad. One camera points at the driver, one on the road, and two on either side of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. A video shows a driver looking at a mobile phone, and the system then issues a verbal warning <gasps> about the driver distraction. Whoa! In a Reddit group for drivers, one commented, Big Brother in the Sky wants to watch us now. I'm praying they pay us more since they want to watch every single mistake we may make. Director of UK-based wow. Big Brother Watch, Silky Carlos, said of the system, Amazon's appetite for surveillance knows no bounds. This intrusive, constant monitoring of employees creates an impressive distrustful and disempowering work environment that completely undermines workers rights exactly yeah i can't, I can't argue with her the alternative is just don't don't work for amazon it's right. a it's a voluntary position right she said the firm would face a serious backlash if it attempted quote big brother style staff spying in the uk a spokesperson for the GMB, which I have no idea what the GMB is, something in England. Rather than gimmicks, Amazon's new CEO should invest in making work safe for all Amazon workers and drivers. The idea of robot cameras now watching. <laughs> this is like some 80-year-old person. Yeah, he's dang like it. These robot these robots. These robot cameras. <laughs> and it's some, something straight out of a dystopian George Orwell novel. Oh, 100%. Which is, that's... It's terrifying. We're in because one of those right now anyway. at what point are they going to now put these same systems in every consumer vehicle i i don't think i think we will be at the point where you're going to have to be required to drive an autonomous car before you would ever see this happen Mm. Uh, Mm. i don't know well that would it's a safety feature chris 
Seatbelts are mandatory. You know, I could see it as like an optional feature. Yeah. It could be an optional feature. I know that, wasn't there a... a like, yeah, there are vehicles that have this already. Yeah, there's some things that have this. I know I know very simple versions of this is if you start to drift, the steering wheel vibrates. Right. Like if you if it senses you're not paying attention enough, that's a very, very... Yeah, my Macan it, it has this really annoying like, boom, boom. If you, what, if you start drifting? If you go over the, yeah, the line, Ugh. lane assist. Uh, in other news, a koala has been rescued after causing a <laughs> five-car pileup while trying to cross a six-lane freeway in southern Australia. Where was it going? So, is there a eucalyptus was, was on sale? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or what? Well, no one was injured. I've got a coupon for 50% <laughs> it's off. It's the koala coupon. Buy one, get one free eucalyptus across the street. We got across the freeway. They built this freeway here. It, yeah. I'm in my e not sphere. his fault. I can't get across. Why did the koala cross the street? I have no idea. Neither do I. But no one was injured during the accident. One woman, however, said she got out of her car to investigate what had caused the pileup. Nadia Tugwell with her coat in hand. That would be probably hand. Nadia. Probably. 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 So Miss Tugwell, with her coat in hand, teamed up with another person clutching a blanket in an effort to capture the scared animal. Quote, the koala was absolutely not damaged in any way. It was very active, but very calm. But was it actually driving the car? No. I don't understand. You haven't gotten to that part yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the koala was crossing the road, you Chris. You sent me a picture of a koala driving a car, actually driving the car. <laughs> I will. You said, Jake, or you said, Chris, check this out. Yeah. You show me the picture. Yeah. Is a koala driving a car. Right. So yes. that's, I'm not just no, insane. but we'll get to that. Okay, so, so. Ms. Tugwell placed the animal in her trunk and drove to a gas station to turn over the animal to wildlife rescuers. In the interim, however, the koala was able to climb from the trunk into her SUV's cabin. Which, by the way, that's not a trunk then. An SUV does not have a trunk. No, it, does not. it just has an area, a cargo a area behind the seat. Area, yeah. So, of course, the koala is going to climb out from under there. <laughs> Quote, it decided to come out to the front toward me. So I said, okay, Mr. Koala, you stay here. I'll get out. It started sitting for a while on the steering wheel as if saying, let's go for a drive. <laughs> this coupon expires in two hours. <laughs> and that's when I started taking photos. Ah, uh, I yes. see. Okay, so the okay. koala, like the only thing in a vehicle that looks like a branch or something to hang on to, I suppose would be the, the steering wheel. wheel. So here are he is. koalas notoriously mean? Yes, they yeah. are. So that's why she left and yeah, was like, okay, Peace you, out. yep. Rabies machine. <laughs> <laughs> Tugwell said she had learned from the past experience how to calm koalas by covering their eyes. Sleepy time. Yeah, here, let's put this over your head and then you'll be young. <laughs> she lives near a eucalyptus forest, I Chris, knew it. I outside knew it. Adelaide and has twice called the animal handlers to rescue koalas injured in fights with each other. So yeah vicious when it comes to feeding time in the eucalyptus forest. Quote, I live up in the hills and you let them do what they want to you and you don't chase them or anything. They're okay, says Tugwell. <laughs> the leather interior of her vehicle was scratched by the animal, but Tugwell said that the happy ending was well worth the damage. The qual later was endings. released in a forest well away from any freeways. All right, we'll see you guys on Monday. Koala, you later. <laughs> oh my God.